Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me for a Now What Wednesday. As always, so grateful to all of our listeners who tune in each and every week to check out these amazing stories from these amazing humans. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you so much. I hope a friend or a family member shared an episode with you and you fell in love with the show too. Or if you just stumbled upon us upon the on the interwebs, great to have you. Thank you so much for having the universe collide and bring you to us. I'm so grateful to have you here as well. So today we got a big show, my friends. And I know I say that all the time, but today's show is hitting a topic that is trending right now. More and more this year, or actually over the past couple of years, I've been seeing so many more people becoming sober curious and deciding to give up alcohol. And so my guest today, Tasha, is doing just that. And she is going to be sharing her story of the day she decided to just put down the drink and stop drinking and uh, live a sober life. Not that she was an alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination, but she just decided that alcohol was not serving her life in the best way. And she just decided to try on and see what it felt like to be sober versus to be drinking. So that's today's episode. So let's get to know Tasha. She is a grounded spiritualist who has an immense passion to help raise the energy of the collective. Owner and founder of Raise Your Vibes, a healing and empowerment center for women. She has built a sacred and safe space for women to heal, be inspired and empowered to unapologetically be themselves. Tasha has a unique and intuitive approach to healing and empowerment coaching practices. She is a certified Reiki master, a meditation teacher, certified by the University of Toronto, mind mind magic coach, and certified and licensed by the Lit Factor in training to become a 200-hour yoga teacher and a veteran of freelance creative director for over 20 years. Her mission today is to show her children that anything is possible to rewrite her ancestral trauma and live life unapologetic. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friend, did you just think to yourself, I just love this podcast, now what? Well, I hope you do, and if you did, I got the answer. Become a patron and support the show. For just a $5 financial gift a month, you can access episodes early and without ads. Plus, you'll be entered to win our monthly Patreon giveaway, like books and courses from our guests and some fun merch. 
For just a $10 a month contribution, you'll become an all-access patron and also get bonus exclusive content from me and some of our guests. Behind the scenes, Q&A, bonus questions, all of it. So head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank and now what? Or click on the link in the show notes and become a patron today. Well, hello, Tash. Hello, darling. <laughs> do, you, do you go by Tasha, Natasha? What's your What's your preference? Thanks for asking. So born Natasha, that's the name my mother gave me, but it never really sat. So I like Tash or Tasha works well for me. Excellent. I know people have, you know, obviously their their given name and then the name that they like to go by. So I always like to talk to people with the name that they prefer. So Tash it is for us. I'm so excited to have you here. We've been chatting for a while about having you come on the show. We were floating a whole bunch of ideas around and we landed on one that I'm so excited about because me, myself and I, I am also a non-drinker. And so I am, I've always wanted to have a conversation with somebody else who is now going down this road of becoming a non-drinker too. Me, for me personally, I just, alcohol was never a thing for me. I also don't react well to alcohol. I have, you know, those Asian genes where, you know, a couple of drinks in and I'm done. So drinking just never was something that I really got into. I didn't come from a family that was heavy drinkers either. So, but I also grew up in a culture in which drinking was a huge thing. You and I are from the same industry of advertising, which drinking was a huge part of the culture and the community of advertising. So I want to talk to you about that. But yeah, when you kind of mentioned on Instagram one day that you had given up drinking, I'm like, that's it. That's the conversation that you and I need to have on the show. So before we do that, what is it? I always like to ask guests this question. What is it that you want people to actually know about you? Because obviously I read your bio, right? Which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But is there something that you want people to actually know about you? Yeah, I would say the number one thing that I love to share with people is that I believe that I came into this world a spiritual being and I'm only now learning to have a human experience. Hmm. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is the human experience? It's it's a really it's it's life. It's living. It's it's learning to navigate through the depths of our human experience and experiencing all the feelings, the sensations um, that come with that. And that means from one end of the spectrum, from feeling joy and bliss to feeling, you know, deep fear and anger and resentment and jealousy to some point it's it's all of those feelings and emotions that we experience and how we choose to navigate through that vibrational frequency of being a spiritual being having a human experience Mm, all right i guess that's a really good segue into the topic that we're going to have today which is you making the decision to stop drinking alcohol so take us back like what was going on in your life Prior to this, what was happening? What human experience were you having that kind of either inspired you or triggered you to be like, I'm, I, I don't want to drink anymore? You know, it's funny because throughout my journey of life, there's been many little signs, right? Many little signs of the universe saying, why are you putting this poison in your body? And me just saying, okay, and then still drinking. 
<laughs> and so whatever, girl, whatever yeah yeah exactly right you're like your higher self is like telling you like this is not serving you yet you keep going back to it over and over again and so those signs and those symbols came through various different experiences one that i have to address that i do have a very addictive behavior and you know i'm a recovering workaholic I'm a recovering perfectionist. I am a recovering control freak. And so I'm addicted or I was addicted to control or addicted to having something be perfect and, you know, being able to control that. (laughs) And so that led me into workaholism. And that was a very addictive pattern for myself. But in my family, like if we dial it back into like where I come from and the people that I was raised from, my family and, you know, born a Maltese Italian family, so European, Italian being very prominent, you know, our culture is to simply have a glass of wine with every meal and not just one glass, maybe a few bottles. (laughs) So we would either, you know, make our own wines or, you know, buy. And so drinking wine was such a huge staple in my family. And, you know, you don't even think anything of it. Like, it's just, it's just there. Just like, you know, you would breathe, you know, it's just a part of your existence. Part of the table, just like the pasta, the tomato sauce, that like. Salt, the pepper. <laughs> it's an ingredient in the equation of eating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there are some benefits to drinking wine, but, you know, as, as, as part of that experience, you know, we all kind of dibble dabbled and drank a little bit of wine, probably a lot earlier than we should have. And so that part of the, you know, growing up was a big part of that. Then having a family who also has addictive behaviors and alcoholism was one of them. And so being exposed to alcoholics in my family was very, I guess the word I can explain is like, when you're a kid and you're seeing someone in your family kind of like wash their life away, it is really hard to understand as to like why someone would make those choices for themselves. But now as I'm older, I understand that alcoholism is is a real thing. And it's not so much the person, it's the alcohol that is actually creating the disease for that person that it is really hard to stop drinking. And, and I actually had a few family members, one in particular who had passed away from cirrhosis of the liver um, because of alcoholism. And, you know, I have another, another family member who passed away who did not pass away from cirrhosis of the liver, but alcohol contributed to the dementia that he eventually passed away from. So there was a lot of that going around in my family. Again, signs from the universe letting me know that this is not something that we should continue to embrace, but yet, you know, keep going on. Fast forward years into the world of advertising. So my past career as an art director and creative director, I attended numerous parties, so many parties. (laughs) Sorry, girl, we had some of those same parties together. We just didn't know each other at the time. I can guarantee you, we most likely partied together. Yeah, and it was a huge piece of the culture to the point where I often felt like I didn't necessarily fit in because I'm like, I'm not a drinker. Like what, what, what is the appeal here? And if you're not drinking, you know, how does, how do you fit into a culture that is full of drinkers? hundred percent, but none of that was ever really put out there for us to actually, you know, ask those questions. 
it was just this assumption that, you know, in order to fit into the long, to be a part of your community, the culture and your industry, that's just what you did. And there was a, you know, every Thursday night, there was something always going on and, you know, hitting up the pubs, hitting up the production houses, like, you know, they were always throwing parties after work. It was like, you know, anything that we could do to really like decompress from the stress that we were all experiencing from the tight deadlines, the a hundred no's of the creative ideas that we would present to our boss and, you know, say, no, that's not good enough. And, and, and then literally just coming together as community, really, it was more of a community thing where we would just sit there and drink and literally wash away any pain that we would feel any just numb ourselves out and then wake up and like, Oh, with like the massive headache and hangover and then doing it all over again. And like, and expected to perform creatively and do all these amazing things under There was one agency that I used to work for and it was actually one of my favorite places to work of all places, but the Christmas parties was just outstanding and the amount of food and the amount of booze that was just constantly being shared and given to um, the guests was overwhelming and it became sort of like a thing where it was like the after day of the Christmas party where, you know, people were per- given permission to like roll in at like 10 30, 11 o'clock. There would be like McDonald's, like happy meals waiting for people, <laughs> like, you know, lining up for people just to get their like greasy spoon fix to like absorb all of the alcohol in the gut. Like that's what we did. <laughs> it's shocking to think that that was like, on the regular and and a totally normal activity for all of us today who were working in the industry at the time. So I relate to a lot of that, that you're saying I've experienced it too. I was the person who was just having a few of those drinks, definitely not overindulging, but still really questioning like, why, why is this what we do? Yeah. Why is it that, why do we do this? Right. Why do we do this? And it's, you know, it became a a part of our everyday being. It was normal for us to do that. And, and it was like a rite of passage, you know, to show up like hungover to say, Oh my God, I like last night was just crazy. You know, there was some friends who would drink so much they would black out and they would have no idea what they did or they just, no clue or they felt like they were sloppy or they were just like hanging everywhere and you know and feel really like embarrassed and shamed for their behavior the next day when people would say hey I snapped some photos of you or you said this or you did that so in addition to all like the shame culture was huge after the aftermath right of thinking it's all fun and games right because there's a lot of bros that like to like you know have fun with us ladies and, and, and say some inappropriate things and really make us ladies feel like, like crap afterwards, but then to fit in, to be a part of it again, we would pick up the bottle, we would go back in and have a ball. So, yeah, so that was, that's the stage. That's, that's the environment. That was the, the world you were living in. So yeah, for 20 years. So fast forward to not so long ago when yeah. you made that decision. Like, was it a snap decision? Was it, a, you know, obviously the, the, the signs were on the wall that you were just not paying attention to. But was yes. there like a moment that you're like, okay, Tash, like for reals? Or was it more of a, 
I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to do this. What was it for like for you? Yeah, it was, it was a slow drip for sure. It was a slow drip. And, and again, because it was, I was so caught up in the, I guess you can say the entertainment of it, the, the feeling of feeling connected with my community, especially because I didn't really feel like I actually belonged. And that was like a whole journey of like self-worth of being in the industry that I was in. I never thought I was good enough and uh, constantly put a lot of pressure on myself, hence to the drinking. But the one other pivotal moment that I got was I developed gout. Do you know what gout is? <laughs> I've heard of gout. I think it's it's what they refer to as like the rich man's disease where you have, you get it when you have like a high level of, you know, rich food or cholesterol, like things that you know, back in the old times, like kings would get gout because they would indulge in all of this stuff and they were not very active. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly it. And so my doctor asked me, Tash, like, are you eating rich foods? Like, are you constantly eating steaks all the time? And like all this delicious, like, you know, salami and pastrami. And I'm like, listen, I know I'm Italian, but I don't eat that stuff. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm not into the meats. I'm like, I mean, I like the beef here and there, but I'm like, no, I'm not eating rich meats. Like, that's not what I'm doing. And, and she's like, how much are you drinking? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that I must say that I was drinking a lot. Guilty, and, yeah. And so when I say a lot, I'm not saying like I was an alcoholic. I mean, maybe to today's standards, perhaps I was. But back in the day when like 10, 15 years ago, geez, I'm dating, I'm dating myself, you know, having, you know, 20 glasses a week was kind of average. So you're like, you know, two glasses, three glasses a day, maybe four glasses, you know, you would just kind of, it would accumulate for the week. And so I guess by today's standards, it would be considered an alcoholic because anything over, I think, two drinks nowadays is considered so. They've redefined what your daily recommended Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so just the sheer pain of having gout. So basically my big toe on my left foot just like blew up like a balloon. And it was very excruciating because I couldn't walk. And it was like just all like the blood was just flowing to this one toe. And it was just red. It was inflamed. It was hot. And anytime I stepped on it, it was just like, ouch. So I had to like sit and like literally take time off of work and elevate my foot so that the blood could drain back towards the heart (laughs) and then just like sheer pain. And I remember telling, you know, my colleagues and my boss at the time that I have gout, they just laughed at me. They're like, that's not true. Like, Like, who gets that? Exactly. That's like an old man or old old country thing that doesn't happen in today's modern age. I'm like, well, apparently it does. And it happened to me, like go figure. Right. And so they just thought I was just trying to get out of doing work, of course. Right. That's where all that came from. And so I, I was like, okay, so I recovered, but that didn't stop me. Right. I kept going back into continuing to indulge in my, in my alcohol and my drinking. And so like my choice of drink, I actually really like whiskey. 
So whiskey, like Ryan Coke was something that I really enjoyed, or even just on the rocks. And then it sort of transitioned into a lot of the red wines. So I love drinking red wine, full body wines, to, to having gin and tonics. So like I love starting to drink gin. So I went from really hard alcohol into like wine. Those were my my choices and, and I just enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed how it elevated my experience. I enjoyed how it made me feel like I could open up and to trust people and to share it like my, my vulnerable self with people that I often felt judged by a lot. And, and I just kept going on with it. Fast forward to the pandemic, this is when things really started to shift for me because I've always been an active person, but being stagnant in like walking like maybe 300 steps a day, maybe to 500, that really affected my health. And the consumption of alcohol definitely went up in that period of time. It was nothing to do, (laughs) right? Just nothing to do. And so I started noticing that the pain in my big toe that I would get when I would drink started affecting me in other ways. And so again, my body now is like literally telling me the signs. So the external got those signs, you know, seeing people in my life and how it was affecting them. And then I started to feel the internal. So the big toe, the gout, then it started going into like the itchy face. My nose started getting really itchy. My cheeks started getting really itchy. My throat started getting like, I'm already choking up, even just talking about this as I release this. My throat, everything started getting itchy. And then my feet. So not just my big toe anymore. It was like my, both of my feet were like Flintstone feet. They would swell up to the point where I couldn't even wear shoes and I could only like walk barefoot. And again, mind you, I was at home, so it didn't really matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> walk around barefoot all you want, Ash. And, um, and it was just excruciating. Like, it was really painful. So every evening after I would consume alcohol or the next day, I would literally be like feet up, inclined, letting the blood drain back to my heart, letting it flow, letting it like pump through my body, getting that circulation, and then not having to like raw the tip of my nose off from like rubbing my nose, not to mention my lips. My lips would start to swell and then they would chap. So I was having a lot of visceral physical sensations from drinking alcohol. And that is simply because throughout the pandemic, I made some health choices and those health choices to like eat better, right? To to make better, healthier food choices. And, and so I started practicing a whole new routine in what I was consuming. And I think because I was detoxifying and cleansing myself, you know, the allergies or whatever sensations that I was experiencing became more prominent because I was removing sort of the blocker that was initially blocking them in the first place. I was cleansing my liver. My liver was finally happy. Um, My kidneys, my adrenals, like my stress hormones, like I was literally purging all of those things and my body started getting healthier. And so the healthier that I got, the more visceral the alcohol became exactly yeah Yeah. and so I had to come to a point of this aha realization that like this is serving me and if my mission in my life as what I do as a profession is to have long-lasting power 
and to be able to live a very long and happy, healthy human life, I I can't keep doing this. This is not going to get me to where I want to go. This is not serving the future self that I see myself becoming and living. So I have to really make a choice here. And so I started kind of going, like taking like pauses of alcohol. So I didn't like quick cold turkey. I simply just made the choice to say, okay, for a month, I'm going to try not drinking anything. See how that goes. And then I'd be like, oh, you know what? People are coming over. It was a birthday or whatever, a celebration. Okay, a bottle of wine comes out, you know, or the gin and tonic, whatever. And we'll have a few drinks and we celebrate. And again, I would be reminded. My body would go through the same things. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I torturing myself? And so sure enough, I would be like, okay, take another break. And so those breaks started to get longer and longer and longer. And it wasn't until last Christmas. So Christmas, you know, you're with your family, you're celebrating. And I remember having one drink and it was eggnog with some rum. And I drank that and I was like, this is the last, this is my last drink. Like, this is it. This is what I'm going to go out with. Eggnog and rum of all things. <laughs> you know, like not my typical go-to drink. But appropriate for the holiday, right? Exactly. So. Very seasonally appropriate. And so I made that decision. So as, as of December 26th, I was like, done. I was like, no more drinking. I was invited to a New Year's Eve party. And I was so proud of myself. I didn't even like touch a drop of booze. And, and, you know, it was actually really exciting because the longer I started like experiencing life with like celebrations and key moments and food with, with people, but without alcohol, I started to really come alive and allow myself to like, just have fun and experience those moments with like a clear head and actually like, it's really entertaining actually when you're sober <laughs> and you're watching other people drink good time it's good time this type of behavior and you're just like oh my gosh I'm like was I like that like did I do that like was that me and you start to see it in a whole different light and not to judge other people but that's just what, what my observations were when I partying at a new year's party where you have like over 40 people you know drinking alcohol minus the one you see a lot of things and hear a lot of things and not necessarily the most appropriate things either. (laughs) Yeah. All your other senses come alive when you're not numbed out on booze or under the influence for sure. Absolutely. And I just, I, I, I was actually having fun, like really having fun and engaging in some real conversations and, you know, just talking in a way that fulfilled me. So it was like connection on a different level that I actually felt fulfilled from. So I was receiving and giving, you know, this connection of conversations with people and celebrations with people. And then we, so I ended up, sorry, I ended up finishing like the New Year's party, feeling so proud of myself. And I'm like, I got to keep doing this. Like if I did this, if I can get through a New Year's party, I can do this. And sure enough, I continued to move forth and I made it to like 119 days of like no alcohol until I ended up going away on vacation. And another trigger, vacation drinking. <laughs> vacation drinking. And you know, it's funny. I remember my father saying to me, he's like, Tash, he's like, how are you going to do that? Like you stopped drinking, but you're going to an all-inclusive. Like that's gonna be really hard. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can do it. I can do it, right? I can do it. Feeling so proud of myself. And sure enough, like, no, I did not have the 
the willpower because of like what unfolded during that vacation. And stresses came on and you went to your familiar friend of alcohol to help you cope. 100% exactly, right? Stresses that I didn't know how to deal with. They were new experiences, some that were like serious dangers and threats to our, our human lives and to help calm the nerves, to help calm the stress. So that I could, you know, refocus, we collaborate or not we collaborate, re oh my god. What's the word? <laughs> recalibrate. Thank you. Recalibrate. I was gonna say re, yeah, recalibrate. Thank you very much. Recalibrate to being the mom that I needed to be for my kids, to be able to enjoy whatever time we had while we were away. It was our first trip since the pandemic. So this was like a big trip for us and, and it was not the best trip ever in my experience. So, so yeah, so good old alcohol. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, when you go to these all-inclusives, I swear the alcohol is like watered down. <laughs> so you're just like, give me another one, give me another one, give me another one. And before you know it, you've drank, I don't even know, like five, six, you know, margaritas or whatever. And you just like, you don't even feel like it did anything. And then you're just like, why did I do that? I just like polluted my body with alcohol, with sugars that are only going to now like literally hijack my is going to start kicking in. (laughs) Exactly. Like everything that I've worked so hard to like reset and allow my nervous system to be chilled out was like skyrocketed again. So all good. You know what? We learned from that. And then I said to myself, okay, so this happened, all good. Now we get to try again. We get to recommit, Tash. Yeah, what I think is actually necessary is you needed that evidence. You needed to experience having it back in your life after being clean for so long so you could truly experience what the impact is on your body and, and decide for yourself, like, is this something that I actually want? That's right, exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and so it's been since April of this year that I haven't had any alcohol. I think I'm over like 160 days now of being alcohol free. So I, I've surpassed my 119 and, and I feel great. Like I, you know, this summer was probably one of the, the definitely a hard, it was a hard challenge for me to not be tempted on these really hot summer days when you just like a nice like cold, refreshing, like cider or something like, you know, in the back of the backyard or by the pool or by the beach or whatever. And I was so good. I, I would move that energy into drinking a glass of water, or I would put lemon in my water. I would, you know, if I was going out for dinner at a restaurant or something, I would always look at like where the mocktails are, what kind of thing. Give me a fancy drink and a pretty glass and minus the booze and I will feel good. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So I actually became a lot more experimental and trying new flavors with, with drinks, but mostly my go-to is like water, water or coffee. (laughs) I'm a water girl too. And I think what's helped too is there's a lot more content out there that is sober curious and encouraging people to experiment and practice that life. A lot more brands and beverages options out there for those who want to still say stay social, but minus the booze, right? So there's so many more brands out there that are coming out with like mocktail 
um, flavors. So I think it's it, it's coming. It's like I've definitely seen a lot more of it out there in the last few years too. That really is you know supporting people like you who are making these decisions. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's I I honestly my body feels so much better. Like I went to my naturopath and you know I just I wanted to get a check on my markers of like my blood work and just say okay like where am I at health wise? Where do I need to? focus my energy and, you know, start improving parts in my body that need support. And so I got my blood work back and I remember sitting down and literally in front of my naturopathic doctor and she looked at me and she's like, I got your blood work. I was like, and yes, tell me more. And she's like, this is the best result I have ever seen in any of my clients. I was like, hold on a second. I picked up my phone. I'm like, I need to record this. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I need this evidence to prove to my husband that I'm I'm doing the right thing, right? Because my husband thinks I'm all crazy sometimes, but God bless his soul. But I was like, okay, let me record you saying this so I can prove it to my husband that I'm on the right path. And she's like, okay. So she repeated, I recorded her. I'm like, okay, that's all I need. And I was just like, this is amazing. All of my blood work markers were like right on point. Everything was great. And I'm not a doctor, but based on everything that came out and the results, and I could see for myself the results was perfection. And I really do owe that to the choices that I've made to my own commitment to myself and to my own health of like, you know, not just walking 300 steps or 700 steps anymore. You know, I'm going to the gym, I'm exercising, I'm practicing my mindfulness, my meditation. I'm, you know, have a, have a morning routine that I cannot live without. There's so many things that I have done and committed to in, in addition to, you know, sobriety, it literally I've changed my physiology on a deep cellular level and my blood work was this final like little bow to like prove that the path that I'm on I'm pretty healthy and that really makes me feel really good about that because if I am here to live a long life enjoy the wonderful experiences of being human I can't be doing it by continuing to you know put poison in my body or, you know, things that are not going to support the longevity of my health and well-being. So still to this day, I'm constantly making choices. I am someone who believes that change happens at the speed of safety. So don't try to do all the things at one time. You slowly pace yourself. And alcohol is one of those things. Going to the gym every day was one of those things. I'm slowly building routine. I'm slowly creating a ritual, a practice for myself to be the best version of myself. I love that. It's it's kind of like layers. It's like building, establishing one healthy habit and then building another one on top of it and building another one on top versus trying to like cut out all the things all the same time. Your whole body will go into shock. Your nervous system will be like, what are you doing? Right? But elimination is necessary, but like progressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we try to like take a quantum leap into health, you, you nailed it. It's like you literally will set your nervous system off the charts. You will immediately go into fight or flight, just like I had been on my vacation mode where I'm supposed to be chilled out was the complete opposite. And I went to vices that would numb that feeling. 
right? So yeah. you go into that fight, flight or freeze, I froze and I just needed to like numb out. But what was that really doing for me? Nothing. And so the work really comes into the mindset, right? And being compassionate with yourself when you do make those choices where you fall off the path and just saying, it's okay. It's okay to fall off, right? There's this beautiful analogy that I love to share. And I don't even know where I heard it from, but it was many years ago. It's like this analogy, if you're driving on the highway and you pass your exit sign, do you continue to keep driving or do you get off the next exit and backtrack? What would you do? Right? You get off. Yeah. You get off. And so, you know, it's the same thing with our choices, right? Just because you made one bad choice one day, that doesn't mean that you have to continue to make the same bad choices over and over again. You have an opportunity to recommit and try again. And that's, that's the work. That is right there. The, the challenge that I feel I face and a lot of us face is like when you make the decision to stop drinking alcohol, it's okay to pick up that class again. But as long as you are choosing to be conscious of like the next time you're going to do it, are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Yeah. Pause to respond and to really reflect on what it is that you want long term. Is this going to support you in the future self or not? And so, you know, I don't know if my, my journey of no alcohol is going to be forever. I just know that for right now, in this moment, this is where I'm at and it is serving me. And I know that it's serving the future version of me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's just making decisions every day. And if you do have a day that you, you, you choose differently, that's okay. Just get back to choosing the other way the next day. I always say it's okay to have one day. You just can't have two. There you go. Yeah. So you set yourself some boundaries of what that looks like. That's wonderful. So question for you, you know, my husband is also a non-drinker. So that makes it really, really easy as a household to commit to a non-alcohol lifestyle. What's your situation at your household with your husband? Oh, I love that. Yes. So because I've chosen to eliminate alcohol from my lifestyle, my husband has adopted a very similar pattern. Now he still drinks, but it's very limited. It is like maybe a bottle of beer, mm, maybe once a month, maybe two glasses, once a month. Set his own parameters for his own choices in support of, of you. I don't even know if it's in support of me because I've fully given him full autonomy to like make his own choices, right? It's like, this is your life. These are the reasons why I choose to stop drinking because it actually affects me. It makes me feel like crap and I don't want to feel this way anymore. And, but because we're both on this journey of being like the healthiest versions of ourselves right now, he's starting to see the benefits himself of like how he feels like in his gut, in his brain fog, his stress levels of not consuming that much alcohol. And, and he really does believe it's a part of that, the reason why he's feeling better. And then just like the bloatiness that you get from drinking a lot of beer, right? Like that, gone. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, and so next question is, you have you have two, two young kids, right? Two? Yes, two young teenagers. One is 14 who just started high school. Mm-hmm. Bless his little beautiful soul. I'm so excited for him. It was so funny. I actually dropped him off at school today for the first time. 
And he's like, mom, why are you so excited for me? He's like, I'm not excited. <laughs> why are you excited for me? I'm like, because this is a big pivotal moment in your life where things are going to change. And I'm excited to watch you on this journey and see the man that you become. So yes. So he's 14. So obviously it's, it's been, you know, at the time of this recording, it's been about a year of, you know, two, two chunks of time that you've, you know, started to wean yourself out out of, off of alcohol. Have you noticed any differences in how your kids are responding to you being a sober mom? Absolutely. Yes. So not so much my youngest who's 12, but my oldest who's 14 being active on social media, right? He's constantly like, he's finding reels or like resources where he's sending me stuff of like just reinforcing the choices that I'm making and how to continue to make healthier choices. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because he doesn't just send them to me. He's sending them to my husband as well. So it's his way of communicating. I guess it's like the new age way, new age way of communicating to parents of like, I'm not going to tell you verbally, but I'm going to send you reels of like, what, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying this to you, but I'm going to send you a post that talks about what I'm thinking. That's right. Exactly. But they express it in a way that makes sense and you need to hear it. So yeah. So he sends us a whole bunch of stuff and it's, it's absolutely with the alcohol, but it's also like food choices, how to like wash your produce to all sorts of things that are like health related and food related. This generation coming up is, they're so savvy, huh? Like they are truly are going to be the generation that the biggest shift happens because of the age that they are and when they were born and the influences they had. So it's exciting to see that younger and younger, the shifts are even starting to happen. Um, and those healthy choices are are being cemented and mindfulness and meditation and and all of those practices are starting at such a much younger age than they were for us, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's excited to see. Cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously you have direct influence on the people within your household. How have you, how has being, you know, alcohol-free, sober, curious, whatever term you want to put it on, impacted your wider community have has the influence started infiltrating other people it's so interesting you asked that question because as soon as i put out that post the one that you reached out to me to say we need to talk about this on the podcast that opened up a can of worms for a whole whack of doodle of people that i know um, from many lifetimes right so from people in my advertising days to people in my community now that i'm constantly in contact with all sharing their experiences with alcohol with me. And that to me, I was like really like unexpected because I'm like, this is what I'm doing for me. And I'm sharing that, proclaiming proclaiming that out to the world. But in doing so, it gave other people permission to share their own journeys and experiences with it. Um, So much so that I actually ended up getting on 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 a Zoom call with an old colleague of mine and she shared her sobriety story with me and the choices that she made and why she stopped drinking. And now it's been like 14 years since she stopped drinking. And I'm just like, oh, like round of applause. Like, you know, I'm like, I am so not there yet. But if I do get there, I'm excited to. And you now know it's possible, right? That's it. That's right. The evidence for you now. And that is another reason why I jumped all over this topic 
when you shared it was because this is a conversation that we need to have with people. And this is a conversation that people need to hear so that they can start making some decisions for themselves as to what do I want to do with this, with this? How do I want to, what kind of relationship do I want to have with alcohol moving forward? And there, as I said, so many more people out there, you know, in the influencer space, celebrity space who are living an alcohol free life and really being proponents of uh, and using their platform to share that, to make sure people realize like not everyone drinks and it's okay. And if you don't, you're still cool. That's right. Oh my gosh. Right, right there. Exactly that. Like you're this idea of like, you're not cool or you don't fit in. Oh, just like blow that up, right? Blow that paradigm up because it's, it's not real. It's a false belief. And it's so important to really reconnect of to your own truth of who you are and allowing yourself to just express yourself for who you are. People are going to love you or not. And really it's none of anyone's business what they think of you. So it's important that you just be you and have fun. And you'll actually start to see that your energy shifts and it changes and you have more fun by being sober, by, by literally being entertained by the audience that you're with. Yeah. The thing is, is like, you know, be your authentic self has been what the hashtag for what the last three or four, you know, five years. And the reality is, is you can't be your authentic self when you're under the influence. No, because it's a false reality, the false reality for you. So I think that that movement too has also awoken a lot of people to the idea of how do I show up authentically as me and what do, what does me under the influence looks like? And what is me not under the influence? Who do I, who do I like better? How do, you know, who would I want to hang out with more? And so that's been like, you know, the, the drips for a lot of people out there too. Yeah. I would say that there, the thing is like a lot of people, and just the field work that I do is a lot of people are afraid of their own power, right? They're afraid of their, of their truth. They're afraid of being their most authentic self because when you are in your truth, there's a lot of power behind that. And all of your beliefs of like people pleasing, the perfectionist, you know, self-sabotage, the self-doubting, all the fear that we hold within us really comes to the forefront and we really question it. And it's a matter of choice of saying, okay, what is it that I really believe? And if you can really believe that your power is here to serve the greater good of the world, then keep going in that direction. But if you're leading from a place that is constantly fed by fear, it's actually not serving you or anyone else when you do that. And so it's a matter of just being yourself and saying, when I'm in my power, I'm actually serving myself and I'm making the world a better place by doing so. Absolutely. And that's the perfect segue over to, you know, what you're doing now. So talk a little bit more about your business and the work that you do, who you work with, share people, where can people find you on the interwebs? Give it to them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I would love to offer your listeners um, a free download um, to one of my giveaways that I have, and you can get that on my website. It's the pathway to positivity. So someone who is, you know, loves 
entertainment, I like to, to entertain myself by, you know, watching movies or listening to podcasts like yours, reading books. And so what I've done is I've created a pathway to positivity, a curated list of books, movie podcasts that literally highlight positivity, inspire mindset and personal development. So pick, pick, pick your topic. Kind of like a little starter kit. A little starter kit. Yeah. And so each of these have been individually chosen from me because it's a beautiful list. I call it the list to, to really study. And if there's something that you're growing through, either it be, you know, becoming sober or something else, there's a path and there's a way and there's so many wonderful teachers out there that can support you with a free resource. And it's a matter of staying committed and continuing to find the right path for you. So Pathway to Positivity is something that I'm offering. It's a free download. You can grab that on my website, which is raiseyourvibes.co, not .com or XO, .co. So raise, as in raising, and then the vibes. So raiseyourvibes.co. We'll put it in the show notes too. So people have that clickable link. Perfect. And and where can people find you? Yeah. So hang out over on my Instagram every day. I'm posting so much bombs of wisdom, knowledge, inspiration, and really how to live your best life and to really go within and discover who you are and what you're capable of. So it's, it's a very powerful Instagram page, in my opinion. So head on over there, connect with me at I am underscore Tasha Romanelli. I'm also the founder and owner of Raise Your Vibes, which is a healing and empowerment center for women, where it is a brave and healing space for women to come and to literally come undone and rebuild themselves back up. So I built my business on the trifecta of the things that have supported me in my personal development, which is mindset. So I do a lot of meditation coaching and teaching, uh, mindset coaching, yoga, and Reiki. I'm a Reiki master. So those are the trifecta. So mind, body, and soul. And we practice that here at Raise Your Vibes. Also online, if a virtual option is, is for people as well. Love it. All right, listeners. Was that not an amazing episode today? If you resonated with it, please give it a like, a share. Don't forget to subscribe. Or if you know somebody who is experiencing something similar or curious about what could be possible for them in a sober life, please, please, please share this episode with them. It could just help them figure out their very own. Now what? All right. That is it for you and me today, Tash. Thank you so much. And uh, if you want to hear some of Tash's tips um, that she experienced when going sober, come and hang out with us over at patreon.com backslash I just blank now what? That's where she and I are heading right now to share a little bonus content. Okay. Bye-bye. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. 
Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.